see a blue pen anywhere? No. Nope. A really nice blue pen. I can't find it. It was like a. What are they called? There's a specific. It's like a pretty common pen, but I really like it. I really like this pen. Wait. Oh, it's from. Good. Did you get that? Uh, black, red, and mechanical pencil. Whoa. Oh, let me see that. Let me see how it writes. It doesn't write very well. Oh. Then why do you like it? I think it looks nice, and it has three colors. So you like it for utility. Welcome to The Web of Tomorrow. We're your hosts, Riley Carasquillo. And I'm Adam Harris. And today we're going to be doing a Hero's Journey segment again. Our guest is none other than James Stewart, our good friend and co-worker yeah, in Adam's case. at Demo. And uh, yeah, so he's a really good friend of ours. So we're going to strive to maintain the respect and uh, decency we usually keep with our guests. But we probably won't because we actually know him. So, all right. Really? Okay, is that all right, James? Sure, sounds good. Good. So begin. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little it's bit just about a monologue. What? You just want me to monologue? Yeah, just monologue, monologue for 30 <laughs> minutes um, and just just go for it. Tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> Adam's trying to stay on point. Okay, tell, yeah, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. All right, yeah, so I'm James Stewart. So I'm a software developer team lead at Domo. Um, been there about three years, focusing mostly on doing web development and specifically data-driven apps and visualizations and dashboards, and more recently focusing on building tools that help people build apps and visualizations like that, but for people that don't really write code. So everyone's probably going to have this question, because I get this question all the time when I tell people that I used to work at Domo, is all that Domo does dashboards? No. So Domo does quite a bit. So it's uh, we call ourselves the business cloud. So Domo's goal is to help companies gather all the data that they need and pull it into one place and be able to analyze it, visualize it, share it with other people, have conversations around it. So we have like social and chat functionality. We have a lot of visualization tools, uh, but it's kind of the, the full story from gathering your data, collecting it in one place, visualizing it, understanding it, and then making decisions about it. Cool. See, and that that's what I wanted to get at. It's, it's more than just dashboards. Yeah. But I don't work at Domo for over a year now, so just wanted to... Uh, I can't talk about it as well as you probably could. So that's, I'm glad that you did that. Uh, so what do you do for in your personal life as hobbies and stuff? Uh, so I like rock climbing a lot. I go bouldering quite a bit. Uh, I like going on hikes. Bouldering a lot is of awesome. Reading. It is. I you agree. You do indoor bouldering? At the Mostly. Yeah. Mostly. Go outside Have sometimes. You done that? Have you ever heard of that really? Bouldering? Yeah. Yeah. Bouldering super cool. I just cool. discovered it recently. Bouldering is like where when you, like people do like real bouldering on actual like huge boulders. boulders, they look like spiders. It's like some of those people are amazingly talented and yeah. strong. Yeah. Wiry. They all look super skinny. Fun. I try. And then you also like watching uh, indie movies and B movies, cult classics. B uh, movies? Do you like watching B movies? Sometimes. Like they, what? They have their place. 
Like the history of future folk? No, that movie was just great. I don't know if I've seen that movie. Well, it's a small movie. Some this is why James and I are such good friends uh, because we we watch movies that we both haven't seen and <laughs> we talk about it and then we see those movies. Like James showed me In Bruges, which is a really killing great me. movie. Killing me, Riley. With Colin Firth. Colin Farrell. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Yeah, different Colin. Adam's like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> Sorry, I like to. I'm just being annoying. It's In Bruges, and uh, I love Colin Farrell, the Irish actor. <laughs> I do know the difference. <laughs> um, so, another thing you do too is organize a meetup group, right? That's true. So me and one of my coworkers at Delmo uh, last July, I think, started up a meetup for D3JS, which is a library that we use a lot at Delmo for doing data visualization. So we've been running that for about a year. What made you want to start a meetup? So I was talking to some of my coworkers about just ways that we could kind of contribute to the JavaScript community. So one of the things I really like about JavaScript is the community, and I wanted to get more involved in that. And we at Domo had um, like really gained a lot of expertise in D3.js, mm-hmm. and it seemed to be like the best tool for the job when you were looking to do complex data visualizations beyond what you can get from some of the standard charting libraries. And so we thought it would be fun and interesting and a way to give back to the community to start having meetups and talk about D3 and various things surrounding that. I've actually been to one of your meetups, and D3 is super interesting. Uh, it was created by a guy for um, the New York Times, like, originally? or Not for the New York Times, but he works, well, he worked for the New York Times for a long time. He created it as a grad student. It's a research project. But then he ended up using it a lot for yeah. when he was working at the New York Times. Yeah. And that's where they get a lot of their really cool visualizations and, what, infographics, mm-hmm. I guess, is what they call them. Yeah, infographics and interactive infographics. Yeah. So it's especially right. good for doing interactive stuff that only works on the web. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. So tell us a little bit, um, we tend to like to go, go like to the beginning, you know? So when you're a baby... How did you get into programming? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think I did much programming as a baby. Okay, let's skip forward um, two years let's then. Let's skip forward a few more years than that okay. to where I can first remember doing any programming. So I actually was trying to think this morning how old I was when I first did programming. I remember my dad brought home a old luggable computer. So it was this big... It was a big portable computer, but it was in a big box um, with a handle on top, and huh. the keyboard like folded out. It was like mobile computers before laptops, That's and awesome. the screen was monochrome. It was just orange and black. But he brought that home, and it was already old at the time. Like it was made in the '80s, and this was probably I don't know, like around. I have no idea what year it was actually. Like late '90s. And so he gave that to me and let me play with it, and it had a BASIC editor on it. BASIC is an old programming language that no one really uses anymore. But somehow my brother knew some BASIC and taught me how to program a little bit on it, and so I played around with that a little bit, made some games. Wow. Um, It's kind of funny how many of our people 
start off saying like that they used to make games or yeah. like like some kind of game thing. That's like, why I was interested. I, I thought I wanted to be a video game maker, and then I realized I don't really like video games. <laughs> yeah, I would never have guessed that. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I did not know that. I, I've never even heard you say that you like any game. <laughs> ever. <clears throat> 2048. I like that. 2048? Yeah. What is that? It's a puzzle game. <laughs> is your brother a programmer? No. So both of my brothers growing up were really into computers, and they would bring home new computer stuff all the time. I remember when they first brought home a modem and hooked that up to our old computer, and they brought home like an external CD-ROM before those were really popular. Wow. And yeah, I thought one or both of them might go into computers, but neither of them did. One's an accountant and one's a pharmacist now. Huh. So, But somehow wow. that, you know, they passed that love on to me and I stuck with it. That's so interesting. So, yeah, so I saw an old book that's like 100 games in basic and it's just a book of code and you type in the game in basic and then you can play it. Do you have anything like that? No, like, I wish. That okay. would have been awesome. I was just making up stuff on my own. My games were super basic. Do you remember like, any of the games? I mean, the only things I really did that could remotely be counted as games were like kind of choose-your-own-adventure stories. Cool. Um, text-based like text games? Yeah, kind of text-based games. Nice. Like I didn't get into any graphics. I don't think I even did sound. So they were just really simple things. But that was my first exposure to programming. Awesome. Dude, there's a. I was looking at Steam the other day, and uh, there was like a, a a game that kind of was doing really well recently. That's completely text based. Does it have like, pictures though? Because I've seen one that has pictures. That looks really. No, cool. I. Uh, I mean, it has pictures like graphics, like that. Like ASCII art. Huh. Like ASCII art or. Um, I don't know. I actually didn't play it, but it it was completely text based. Um. So you just go through, and I used to love those. Choose your. My mom used to buy me the book versions. Oh yeah. You know where you could like you yeah, skip. Yeah, I loved those as a kid. And I, so. I always I used to get so mad because I always died, always <laughs> died. And so finally one day I just skipped to like a win and just read it, <laughs> just so I could know what it would be like to win. <laughs> but uh, those are making a huge comeback right now. Maybe you could because uh, you actually were just mentioning that. I can do it. You know. You don't know if like this is what you want to do the whole, your whole life. Maybe it's text-based games. <laughs> Make a career change. Text-based <laughs> games. So, so that's uh, like, how old were you then? Uh, I can't remember. I was probably like ten to fourteen. Something ten to fourteen. Like. So, so, where did it go from there? So, other things I remember in middle school, one of my friends found a like HTML for Dummies book. And we got really into that for a while, and so we were writing some websites that we never put anything actually on the internet, uh, but we were just building stuff locally and playing around with the marquee tag and the blink tag oh, that, yeah. that we loved at the time. That's um, awesome. So I did that for a while in middle school. In high school, I programmed a little bit on my TI-83 graphing calculator. Yeah. Dude, is that like the third one? Yeah. Adam, Dave Smith, and now you. TI-83, bringing developers and programmers to their wishes and dreams. Making their wildest like dreams come true. Yeah, yeah. Making them realize what their wild wishes are, so then you can make your wild wishes come true. Sure. 
Yeah, I don't know what it was about the T-83. Is it just that you're sitting there in math class and you're bored and it's the only thing you can do? Or Probably. I mean, I, I found that it had this little code editor in it and it was like yeah. you could go through and pick the keywords from a list and so one of the it was basically the, the basic syntax that I had already learned from my brother and so I was like hey I could do this so I tried doing some games with that as well um, I remember for my physics class I created a little vector addition calculator you could like put in two vectors and it would give you the resulting vector so I didn't have to do the math anymore. Yeah. You could just plug it in. Didn't you do that too? I did that too, but it, it gave me step-by-step -step instructions so I could do my homework step-by-step. -step. Oh, nice. It was like Kramer's not cheating. Than mine. It's not cheating. <laughs> I mean, the teachers probably would have saw, seen it that way. Yeah, it was cheating because the teacher would come by and she would like clear everyone's calculator before a test. But I found out if you archived your program, then when she cleared it, it didn't delete it. And then I would just unarchive it for the test. <laughs> uh, you could code on your computer and then load it up as an actual application. Yeah, I never did that. On your TIA3? I could never figure out how to do that. I had the cord yeah. to do that. I went out and bought the cord. but Someone must have figured it out because I remember someone put Mario mm -hmm. on my, my TIA3. Yeah, I had like Pac-Man, Blockman, Fall, Fall Down. Or was that just on there? No, I no, loaded them up. Oh, you loaded them up. Yeah. Tetris is a great one. Yeah, I used to play a lot of Tetris on my calculator. Someone figured out how to download Doom. Uh, not Doom, sorry. Uh, Unreal Tournament uh, onto all the computers in all the school districts. You're about to say on the calculator. Yeah, me too. No, no, that sorry. Crazy. Uh, on the computers on all of, all of like, in the whole school district. And so whenever we had lab time, you know, to go on the computer and do research all the guys would just play Unreal Tournament. And sometimes you'd play with people that, that were, like, in another school. Hmm. So it might have actually been the IT guys that did that for us, and they just never told anyone. Some, like, like you know, renegade, renegade uh, IT dude. <laughs> Get Great. going, dude. This is interesting. I yeah. actually didn't know some of this stuff. So in college, uh, my first year of college, I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I decided to take some computer science classes and see how I liked it. So... Uh, I took a class my first semester, and I it was programming in Java, and I loved it. It was a whole new paradigm for me. Like We very quickly surpassed anything I had learned thus far in my experimentation with BASIC and TI-83 programming and turned into real programming, uh, but had a lot of fun, Like loved doing the homework, got really excited about it, so I took the next class the next semester. Um, and from there, I actually took a, a break from school for a bit to do a, a church mission. But when I got back from that, I moved back down to college, and I, I was looking for jobs during the summer and didn't really know what I wanted to do, still didn't know what I wanted to do for school. But all the jobs that were available were tech jobs, programming jobs, and web development jobs. And I figured, you know, I've got no little to no experience in this, but if there are this many job openings open, then apparently no one else has that either. So I spent half my time applying to jobs I wasn't qualified for, and the other half of my time I spent, you know, just looking stuff up on the internet and trying to relearn HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and see if I could get qualified for any of these jobs. And eventually I found some place that would take me and gave me a chance, so I started doing some web development for them. Where was that? Uh, it was actually on campus at the college, oh, okay. so just one of the departments there that needed student developers, and it wasn't 
great work. It was mostly copying and pasting text and doing a little formatting. But there's a few other people on your team at Domo that did kind of a similar start, right, on campus. Uh, like probably. It, it's a pretty common thing. It's a really that's easy a good place thing to, to get started. I think that's super interesting because I wouldn't have thought, you know, to get a job on campus at a college doing like below like entry level junior programmer stuff. Yeah, it was really basic stuff. So just having a basic knowledge of HTML and CSS was all I needed. And then eventually I started doing a little bit of JavaScript, just basic scripting to get yeah, because that Simon HTML for Dummies book stuff. probably didn't even have JavaScript, right? It didn't. I don't think it even talked about CSS as it is today. It was all adding style in line. I don't know if CSS didn't really exist yet, or we had an old version of the book, or maybe I just didn't get that far in the book. How long was that book? Like 10, 20 pages? Uh, it's pretty big. I don't know. It was probably well, I know 50 it's pages. Really big. I, I just can't... I think it's like 200 pages. I can't see how you can like fill out... A really long book with HTML it's stuff. It's got like other outdated technology in there too. Oh, yeah, really? like I think it talked about adding Java applets and something I never heard of as well. Oh, no. I saw I saw one the other day at a thrift store. So, so something I found kind of interesting is you mentioned that you like did computer science for a little bit, but that's not what you graduated. In. It's not. So I took another computer science class and still really enjoyed it, but I was also looking at. Uh, business degree. So my dad was an accountant and my brother who had taught me some basic originally, he also went into accounting. And so I was thinking, yeah, maybe I'll want to do that. And so I started taking some of those classes. Even when you were doing some of that programming stuff. Yeah. So I was taking the classes at the same time (laughs) and figured at the very least I can, you know, work through college doing programming stuff because it pays well. And it's more abundant than any other job around. Were you just thinking programming was just like a college (laughs) job, not not a real job? No, like I knew it was a real job, but it was at least what I was going to do in college. Wait, so at the time, your programming was to support your real passion, business. (laughs) I I hadn't really decided what my real passion was. Your skill-based job, you know, the one that typically people go and get an education for was being done to support your ambiguous, sure. nebulous future. Yeah, I guess that's about right. That's cool. So That's great. That, that, why don't actors do that? <laughs> <laughs> Instead of serving and waiting, you know, oh, at yeah. restaurants and stuff. Yeah. So I ended up deciding not to major in computer science, but to do information systems, which was in the business school, but it was heavy in technology. And it was kind of all about how to run a business and how to use technology to better run a business. And so that really interested me and excited me because uh, it's not just technology for technology's sake, which is what I saw computer science being a lot of times, uh, but like how do we leverage the technology that exists to best run a company? Yeah. And that idea really excited me. And yeah. So while I was in college too, I also started doing some side projects with programming. So I had a friend who was working at a company that he was doing a lot of cold calling marketing, kind of lead generation type work. Mm -hmm. And he was spending a lot of time going to these websites and getting contact information off of them. And so he came to me and said, Hey, is there any way you think we could automate this work? Because it's just half my day is copying and pasting from these this website 
And I'm like, I have no idea. I've never done anything like that, but I'll try it. And so over Christmas break, I took some time and uh, learned some Python and wrote a little web scraper. I didn't know what web scraping was at the time. I had never heard of it, but I discovered it and wrote a web scraper that could go to this website that they used a lot and run searches and pull down information into Excel spreadsheets. And we ended up taking that to his boss and we sold it to him and made some money off of that. That's awesome. I didn't even know that. That's awesome. That is super cool. (laughs) Yeah, we did that again for the next company you worked for because they were doing the same type of thing and sold that program to them again. (laughs) Nice. Uh, That's awesome. It seems like it had a a good model. Was it scalable? (sighs) Could have just... Probably not. You could have been the next uh, big thing here in Silicon Slopes. Well, it's funny because the next job I did, actually, I just saw an ad in the the school newspaper for a company called Screen Scraper. I'm like, (laughs) hey, that sounds a lot like the project I just finished. So I contacted them and said, look, I've been doing this kind of stuff. And they were paying a lot more than the on-campus job I was working at and (laughs) sounded more interesting. So I went over there and did a lot of... Um, well, we were doing screen scraping, so we were writing Java code and a lot of regular expressions and learned a ton about how the internet works, about HTTP and network requests and how to you know, follow these requests and then kind of replay them through code to have our programs automatically go and navigate these websites and pull information out of them. Okay, so this is kind of the, the day, in the days before APIs. Right, there weren't a lot of APIs, so I don't know if it was the day days before APIs. I think APIs were still big, but a lot of the sites we were hitting didn't have APIs, so we ended up going to a lot of classifieds sites and pulling postings off of those, and a lot of like government sites and insurance sites that were listing healthcare professionals and getting their contact information Mm. for insurance reasons. So up until this point, you uh, you weren't taking any classes necessarily specifically to learn this stuff. You were mostly just doing it. Mostly, yeah. So we had some programming classes in the information systems department, and I still learned some from those, but a lot of that, because I had taken about three CS classes before that, I had already learned a lot of the stuff, and so I was really comfortable with everything that we were doing, and... Uh, that was pretty easy for me, but still a lot of fun. But yeah, in school, I didn't learn a lot of programming skills. It was more uh, business skills and kind of tech skills in general and how we can implement technology to run businesses. Which is a really good angle to have when yeah. you're going into the like programming space. Yeah. Especially if you want to actually be ambitious a little bit. Yeah, so I would kind of figured at this point I had a good base in computer science and most of the stuff I wanted to learn from that point I could just learn on my own and I did a lot of that. Just The internet is an incredible resource and everything you could possibly want to learn about programming is available for free on the internet if you know where to look and you have a base to kind of understand the context of it. Were you working full-time or part-time? Uh, I was working part-time. I'd work so you full-time had a, lot, during a little the more time to like your school and maybe even learn some of this stuff because we were talking uh well i guess i was talking with dave smith and he, he brought up this idea of privilege and it's been kind of like stuck in my brain and he said one of the ways that like you you have privilege 
um, and how privilege plays a really big role in how good you are as a programmer or in your success as a programmer, I guess you could say, uh, is time. Like people giving you the resources and you having the time to actually do it. For sure. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think it's definitely not required, but definitely helps. Right? Like you look at Bill Gates and uh, a lot of people have heard of the 10,000 hour principle from Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers. Yeah. And Bill Gates is like the classic example that he spent just hours and hours at the computer lab at the college near his house. But really, how fortunate was he to be around that environment and to even have that opportunity? Yeah. Like, yeah, he took advantage of it, but very few people had that opportunity to, you know, spend tens of thousands of hours at a computer back in the day. Especially your, uh, I was thinking also about your dad bringing the legable home, you know? Yeah, I've always thought that was interesting because looking back, my dad's an accountant and I think accountants were early adopters of PCs, like really started using computers before the general public. And so that was a great way for me to get introduced to this technology because he had this. And the irony of that, though, is that I think accountants now, and at least what I see in my dad, is he is not an early adopter of technology anymore. So like he had early adopted these PCs and they were working for him and he stuck with them and now he's very hesitant to upgrade anything. And Oh yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I think about when my dad brought a computer home and why, like, why did he do that? I, he's not like a particularly technology savvy guy, but he brought a computer home very early when very few people, very few of my friends had a computer. Yeah. We had a computer in our house from as early as I can remember uh, this was before Windows, or before we had Windows anyway, so it was running DOS. So I learned how to type out all the DOS commands to open up my favorite games. And I didn't have to do that. I would <laughs> click an icon, and then it would launch DOS. Yeah, yeah that's kind of how I... That was like my first interaction with anything like code and computer-based, was my video games and trying to mess with them and, you know, cheat by changing mm-hmm. the code in the video games and stuff. Uh, not cheat so much. Like, there's this, you know, there's, like, uh, this Jedi Outcast or Jedi... Jedi Academy? Jedi Academy. And you could go back in, in the back and change some of the code and stuff so that uh, he could, like, have more powerful force powers. Oh, so, that, like, funny. when he force pushed someone, it, like, blasted them into, like, <laughs> the atmosphere, basically. <laughs> the game or, let you do that? Huh? The game let you do that? Yeah, well, you went back, and, and there's, like, little aspects that you could change in the fi- like the game files. Oh, in the game files. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. And, uh, and it was just cool, because, like, it was ba- so, cause basically those uh, powers were based on a factor of, like, 1 to, <laughs> you know, 100, um, but it didn't, like, stop there. You could do, like... One to a thousand, you know, or you could start it off at 500 and you could just like hold down force lightning forever and just run around force lightning everything in the whole map. (laughs) I like took down a rancor in like a second with force lightning. It was awesome. Anyways, that was like my experience. (laughs) So you ended at that part-time job, right? Is that where we ended? Yeah. So let me just finish the story so far, get to where I am now. So... At the time, yeah, I was still working as a developer mostly, 
very a couple other various jobs that I did while I was in school. But I wasn't. I still wasn't sure, even as I was getting close to graduating, what I wanted to do as a career. I didn't think I wanted to be coding full time, but wanted that to be something I was involved in. Like I like technology. I wanted to be around it, but wasn't really sure what kind of a role I would take. And it was around that time that I started hearing about Domo, and thought it was a really interesting company. Uh, one of the things that really excited me about it was that it was all based on data and better usage of data, which is something that I think is a really interesting and powerful idea that I want to see more of, more of in the world. And so when I saw this company Domo that was led by Josh James, who had been very successful with Omniture, I thought, you know, I think this company could do really well. I really like what they're doing. I want to go work for them. And so I applied for a job there. Uh, I actually interviewed at one point and was offered a job that I declined, which was really hard for me to do because I thought, I really want to work for Domo. And then they had offered me this job that was uh, creating sample data for demos. What was the other? What was the other job? That was the job. That was oh. the first job I interviewed for. Oh, was creating these sample, yeah, sample data for demos for sales, so that they could go into these companies and kind of show uh, what Domo did based on the sample data. And so I would be like kind of crafting narratives through that data, and it seemed like a decent job and definitely a foot in the door. But I ended up not taking it because partially it wasn't the job I wanted there, and partially. The other company I was working on, I was working on a project with one other guy, and that guy had gone to Domo like the week before, and I don't know, maybe I shouldn't have felt this way, but I felt really bad just ditching the project and having both the people who knew anything about it leave within the, like, the same money. I think part of it too was that we're working on this project that I wanted to see through and see finished, that I didn't want to just kind of give up in the middle, because it wasn't done, it still had problems that needed to be fixed. And so I wanted to see that through to the end. And this Domo opportunity had come up kind of before I was looking for it to. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of said, hey, I want to talk to you next summer. And they talked to me in the fall and said, let's talk now. So I didn't end up taking it then. But the next spring, I started talking to them again. And they brought me in for interviews again and ended up taking a job on the, the team I'm on now. So it was a visualization team. Um, doing web development. Yeah, so it sounded like a great opportunity to be focused on data-driven stuff and kind of communicating data, visual storytelling. That was just really interesting to me. I thought it would be a lot of fun to do. Cool. So when you first took that job, how, like, how would you rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10 in knowledge of JavaScript? I had done very little JavaScript. I mean, probably a 2 would be generous. Um, I knew of JavaScript. I had done more Java at the time. That was probably my strongest language. Though at my job, just before that, I was doing a lot of VBA, Visual Basic for Applications, writing in Excel, which is a terrible language that I would <laughs> never do again. Um, but yeah, I had done very little JavaScript. I hadn't done web development really since that first on-campus job. Never thought I wanted to do web development again because I thought it was just HTML and CSS. And yeah really boring stuff. Um, but coming into Domo, I started writing a lot of JavaScript and seeing it as a full, useful language 
that can do a lot of powerful things and all the the interesting things that you can build and create on the internet and using that as a platform just really excited me and since then I've really become more of a developer than I would have said I was before and learning a whole bunch of new things about you know JavaScript and the internet platform and all the tools so many tools that are available that's awesome so yeah that's kind of the story so far I don't know where the future goes from here I don't know if I'll keep doing development for the rest of my life or I'll move into something else but that's where I am right now so thanks so much for coming on the show thanks for having me it's great I learned some stuff I didn't even know James is an awesome guy connect with him on LinkedIn I'm almost certain he doesn't (laughs) have a Twitter he's gonna love that I know that he's not really into LinkedIn but uh, do it anyways if you can find me my name's not really that uncommon, so... That's true. Same thing Dave Smith said. That's the exact same thing Dave... You might be the same person as one of our other interviewees. Thanks for listening. You can uh, follow us on Twitter, comment on our website, like us on iTunes or whatever, and... That's all, folks. If I did it correctly, it would be bleep, 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 bleep. That's all, folks. <laughs> you know, because he does that. You got that right. I did. I got that. I'm the one who edited it. Put that in. It, so. Put that in. <laughs>